Hello. And welcome to Love, Life, Money, and a Cup of Coffee with Cody and Kathy. Well, welcome back to the show. You know, we've been trying to recover from our conference last week, and there's a lot of stuff that we learned. So we just want to share some of the insights that we have with you. Well, and our, our chief investment officer held an educational webinar yesterday, and it was awesome. He's awesome. And there's, there's a lot of great nuggets that we pulled out of there, too, that we wanted to share today. Yeah, and it's just like with this market volatility, people are just getting scared. There are a lot of pessimists are out there, and, you know, we'll just have to kind of breathe, make sure everybody breathes, and don't be that pessimist. Don't be an Eeyore. <laughs> don't be an Eeyore. Well, I'll tell you, I as I've said, I've, I've, in the last 24 years of my career, I mean, my, I started in 1997, and the markets, you know, in the 90s were just obviously cranking. And, and all of a sudden we hit 2000. And it was like the world was coming to an end. It literally felt like, now fortunately I wasn't managing a lot of money. But I was watching these veteran advisors actually panicking. And their clients were just calling them off, off the phone. And honestly, that was really the biggest impact for me of the importance of financial planning. Because I would, I would literally say, what, what's your plan for your clients? And their answer was just hold. That was it, just hold. But there, there's a lot more to that, and I and I re- that's that was my first kind of motivation. Is I I, I want to figure this business out. I want to really understand how to do comprehensive planning. It's not about investment planning. It's not about insurance. It's not about taking my money to a bank. It's it's all we have all these tools. How do we use these tools to? create success for clients. So did that change in 2008? Did that change your perspective? Well, it is the same thing, right? 2008 was even worse. And I was managing some money at that point. So 2008, again, and every time this happens, it's, I think there's a unique set of circumstances that's always a little different than it was before. So, you know, and I think we have this temptation of thinking, well, the market is down and it's been going down. So it's going to keep going down. And we, we, we can just look at history, and that's, that's just not the case. So what we want to talk about today is, I mean, the only thing that everyone is talking about right now is inflation and the markets, obviously. So I know we hit this a little bit last week, but I want to, I want to hit it again today. So is the world ending, or is it just a normal market cycle? It depends on the news station you're, you're watching. Right now, I haven't watched the news in, what, months? Good. Because what I want to do is get rid of that emotion because people love to see train wrecks and they love to see cars on fire. And the more train wrecks they can see and the more cars on fire, the better. And it perpetuates itself and, I'm, and it just gets old. And so I want to just, let's get the emotion out of it. And let's just look at the data today. What is the data telling us? Well, that's, I think that's why we're trying to watch the rocket launch these days. Instead of train wrecks and car fires. <laughs> but NASA hasn't made they don't that. Have, they don't have their shit together. Yeah. I've, seen, I've seen several explosions there lately. That's or not, like delayed. Not. And it's like, yeah. oh, crap. And then we're stuck with Ian. Yes. It's devastating. It is right? devastating. That's like, but Ian, the hurricanes is mother nature. It's unpredictable, but you can prepare for it. So the market is about almost the same mm-hmm. way. 
That was right. a that's a really good point. There was I was watching. I did watch. I you watch YouTube. I watch my news on the YouTube because then I can handle four minutes of it. But this gentleman had built this massive house right on the beach, and his house was the only one left standing. And they asked him like, "Why? What did you guys do?" And they have these steel brackets that are, are essentially made for hurricanes. And he said, on every single corner and every inch of my house, I have these brackets that I put on. And literally, it, there was a, a few issues that he had, but, but his house was standing. And it was the only one on the beach left. And so we'll wrap this up by giving what our steel reinforcements are. How, how do we reinforce our structure so that that doesn't happen to us. That's a, that's a great analogy. I appreciate you bringing that up. Of course. That's what I'm here for. But Jerome Powell, right? He says, we've got to get inflation behind us. I wish there was a painless way to do it. There isn't. And I think the big issue is people are, we're, we see this and we, we, we see everything getting more expensive. Obviously, inflation has, has been out of control. But if the Fed doesn't do what it's doing, and I'm not, I'm not saying they're doing it the right way or the perfect way. We have unelected officials that are making these decisions for us. I think they're going too fast. But nevertheless, that's my opinion. Getting this inflation under control is more important than high inflation is worse than a recession. So I just kind of want to give some statistics around where are we at within this inflation cycle and how long are we going to be in, the, in this situation? Yeah, and just keep in mind that monetary tightening is necessary. It's also painful, but it's working. Look at what, you know, the feds have done recently. So it's Here's the issue when it comes to investing right now is there's no place to hide. Everybody knows the old adage about the 60-40, you know, portfolio, you know, 60% stocks, 40% bonds historically has has performed very well. Well, over the last 12 months, long-dated treasuries, these are treasury bonds, are down 31% compared to the NASDAQ 100, which is down 29. That's never happened. Never happened. So where, where do you go for safety? And that's, you know, that's a concern for people. They don't know where, how, where to invest their money. Where do you go for safety in a downward economy? Something it, with a downside protection. You've got to have, but it was interesting because Kurt is an investment guy. He's pure 100%, hates insurance products, I, which frankly, I do too. I hate insurance. We've been dealing with insurance companies. I hate them. Uh, it's like going to Vegas and you're, you don't know the rules and so the, the house takes all your money. That, that, that's insurance companies, really. If you don't know the rules, don't play with them because they'll take your money. So, so well, that's like playing the slot machine. If you know what you're doing, then you play blackjack or poker. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But if you have an advisor or a poker specialist sitting next to you telling you how to play your hand, you might come out a little better. I don't know if that would work with <laughs> poker because then they'll know. Maybe blackjack. Just an example. Well, let's, let's talk about the last 60 days, okay? This is just the last 60 days. New manufacturing orders and new expected orders are plunging, plunging fast, which means what? Demand is going away. People are sitting on their wallets. They're not spending money. They're not out buying durable goods. All, all of that stuff you buy, washers, dryers, ovens, things like that. They're slowing down and they're slowing down very quickly. Households are spending a lot less money. Like I said, people are sitting on their wallets. Uh, even commodities a year ago, lumber, oil, gas, they're they all going straight up. They're expensive. 
and now they're going straight down. It, it's completely the opposite. Used cars, another example. A year ago, I, we talked about our rental car. We couldn't find a rent. They had to put a rental car together for us. There's just no, there wasn't any inventory. And actually, I have a friend uh, out in Phoenix. Uh, if you ever need a, a truck, that's his specialty. But I called him. I just said, what's your market like out there with used vehicles? And he says, our inventories are just way up. And so, again, we're seeing this. And why is, why is that happening? Supply chain, too. The, the supply chain is a part of that. Interest rates going out and getting a loan on a, on a mortgage. I mean, look, at home prices are dropping drastically. If you look at a year, year and a half ago, a, a loan on a mortgage was 2.5%. Now you're talking 6.5%. How much, you know, and that's actually <laughs> for some of our parents. They're like, well, yeah, I remember my loan was 13.5%. So they're like, money has been free. Money is no longer free and things are, you know, so that adds five, $600 a month to your payment. All of a sudden, maybe you decide not to buy that new home. So we see a lot of, a lot of the data shows that what the Fed is doing is actually working. It's actually slowing down the economy. Now, just like landing a plane, you, you, want, it, you want it gentle land. My opinion is that this is going to be a very hard landing. We're, we're already feeling it. But I, I, I feel like they've gone too fast, too hard. But if you have an experienced pilot who can steer you to a softer landing, mm -hmm. that would be well, ideal. Well, right now, Jerome Powell is your pilot. No, you're the pilot. No, I'm, I'm the attendant <laughs> trying to calm everyone <laughs> down, going around, making sure everyone knows that they're still going to survive. You know, we just, it's, it's put your seatbelt on. That's, yep, that's what we, we do. always say buckle up and keep your hands and feet inside the cabin at all times. <laughs> you know, another thing I, I was looking at uh, these containers that are coming from China to California. It was a year ago we were talking about not being able to get a container over to California. The container rate from, from China to California is down almost 60% year over year. And we're coming into Christmas. What does that mean? That means demand, again, people are sitting on. So another way to look at this is a year ago, well, going pre-COVID, banks were holding on to about a trillion dollars of cash. Right now, banks have about nine trillion of cash. Guess what? Banks don't want your money right now. They have too much cash. I mean, you can go, yeah, interest rates are going up. So your money market, your checking, your savings, you're going to get a little more interest. But they have so much cash, they don't know what to do with it. That's, that's an interesting statistic. So there's, you know, you, you turn on Fox News, you turn on CNN, everything's bleak. You know, it's the world's coming to an end. We have the war in Ukraine. We have in coming in. And it's devastating. I mean, I, it just breaks my heart to see what people are going through. But when, when we take out the emotion, and, and we are, this is our, we, we're financial advisors. This is, we advise on financial, uh, you know, the financial services part of it. And so, so taking that aside, the data is, hey, things are beginning to turn. And those prices, even food, food is probably one of the biggest ones that we felt and you look at the things that are going into our food and the prices of those commodities are coming down drastically. And so I think over, over the next year, we're going to start to see prices of food follow. And gas too. Gas prices okay. are... Yeah, gas is coming higher. down. Yep. Oil's coming down. All, every single commodity has come down drastically over the last 60 days. Matter of fact, in the last 60 days, about a million job 
opportunities have been erased. Like companies are, are, are nervous. They, they're, they're afraid to hire more people. That actually stat makes me a little nervous because if people are working, I'm happy, right? If, if people are making money, we got to have money coming in. We've talked about side gigs and all that other stuff and other ways to make money, but, but these companies are, but here's what it tells me, that these corporations are healthy, they have debt, but unlike the government, they're managing their debt appropriately. So they're still, they're, their revenues are up, their balance sheets are good, so again, there's a lot to be afraid of, especially if you're especially if you're going into retirement. But it's not all doom and gloom. No, like, and it always comes back to what we always, always, always say. No, what? There's still a lot of trashy companies out there, overlevered, holding on to bad debt because debt has been free for 30 years. So you got to be careful. But if you own good assets. You hold those assets. Can you share that statistic with us about? Oh, how we deals with volatility. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I love that you shared that with me this morning. So let's go back to 2008 when that whole crisis. Say at the end of 2008, if you have ten thousand dollars in your account, if you're an opportunistic investor, you able to find ten thousand dollars and add that in in the beginning of 2009. So by to 2021 by the end of 2021 that investor comes out at $85,000 through so, their portfolio. So if I have $10,000 invested and I add an, and the market's down I add another 10,000. 10, okay. So I have $86,000. Yep. Okay. Okay. If you're a steady investor which you hold and you don't do anything, just let it ride. By the end of that 2021 you have almost 33,000. If you're an uncertain investor, at the end of um, beginning of 2009, you put it into cash and then reinvest it a year later in 2010. So by 2021, you would have about 26000 If you're an apprehensive investor, at the end of 2008, early 2009, you put it all into cash and you leave it in cash, you would only have $6,000. So how you respond to volatility is the key here. So are you so you're saying the world is not coming to an end? It's okay to invest still? Are we still okay to invest? So do you want to be opportunistic or do you want to be? <laughs> a... yeah, let's just look at the data, right? Right. As Kurt yeah. said, you can't time the market. By the time, if you wait for the data to show up, you already missed, you, you missed it. it. You missed so it. So you yep. can't time it and don't wait for the data. You know, Kurt used to carry this around in his pocket working at the stock exchange and a lot of these veterans, these are the key indicators of, hey, are we at the bottom? Is it like you just talked about opportunistic investor? This is for, for those folks that really want to get ahead of this. Here, here, here's some things, and this isn't perfect, right? But here's some things to, to kind of, because our clients are saying, are we there yet? Should we start buying? Meaningful price declines. Uh, are, we, are we there? Yes. Intense pessimism. So when you turn on the news, what do you hear? Pessimism, pessimism, pessimism. High profile calls to sell stocks. Warren Buffett is an example, right? What do you, what do you mean by that? High profile calls to sell stocks. If Warren Buffett starts sell, selling off some of his stocks. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's re really rare, right? Yeah, yeah it's but, rare. But when he starts making the move. He's selling some of his stocks and he's buying other stocks so he's not liquidating yeah but that's kind of like a you sign. know a sign that hey there's something going on in the market 
Another one, valuations below long, be, below the long run average. Everyone is asking about the market, even your grandma. <laughs> you know, Cody, my, my parents, my, you know, we had dinner with my parents the other day and my dad, what do I do here? Are we, you know, that's fear, right? It's yeah. an emotional response. It's understandable. He's in retirement. They're on a fixed budget. So I'm, you know, it's, I'm not saying, you know, everyone out there is a millionaire and it's, let's just start throwing money. No, we, we have to understand most people are just trying to get by. Most people are just trying to, uh, especially when you're retired, you're on, a, you're on that fixed. We, you know, we talked about it last week, you know, paychecks and paychecks. Most people are on their paychecks. But their playchecks are going, that, that playcheck money is going down and it's, it's. Crazy. But we're talking about this week, we're talking about this playcheck bucket. We're talking about the playcheck bucket. That's, yeah. that's a great point. Extreme uh, VIX readings and the VIX is essentially a volatility reading. So when we're getting a 2% swing up one day and a 2% swing down the next day, that's just, a, it's not meaning we're there. It's just a telltale sign. Hey, we're, we're getting close, right? I turn on YouTube and literally every third one is get your family prepared the end is coming and you know it's 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 the fear mongers when when you start seeing that that's a good sign we're probably getting close to buying good assets right but just so you know youtube is not really a reliable source for information no no I, that, but that's it's what, a that's I it's that. a reliable source of fear, fear or how or emotions that people put out. That's exactly right. It's all about playing on people's emotions. So I just say, follow the money, because what are they trying to sell me? Because if you listen to the very end, then they always have that little 30-second commercial. Well, if you need help, reach out, because we have a solution or we have a tool or a product or whatever. But worse emotions um, that social media out there is TikTok. If it's on TikTok, you know it's bad. It's getting bad. Like, people are screaming and... Oh, TikTok. <laughs> TikTok. The new generation. Yeah. Well, that fits my 20-second attention span. So I like TikTok. You know, uh, th there's a few things that are not happening. There's not disorderly trading going on on the floor yet. Uh, heavy selling by... Re it's it's kind of interesting. We're not seeing, like in 2008, you had clients just calling, get me into cash, get me into cash. We're not having that. So... There's some things there that I think still, you know, so are we at the bottom? I think we're probably close, but it really depends on, you know, we, we still have some increase in interest rates coming up. And, and, and let me just explain, when interest rates go up, that means we have to have more capital to keep up with that. And that includes a stock or a bond. So that's why when interest rates go up, your, the stock value decreases because it becomes worthless. So, uh, right, right now, and there's there's a term that's called "don't fight the Fed," and if the Fed's decreasing interest rates, you buy, you know, stocks are going to, you know, assets in general are going to go up in value. If they're increasing interest rates, assets are typically going to go down in value. That's just the way it works. So you don't fight the Fed. Now, I don't care about the Fed because they don't have anything to do with our financial plan for our clients. We've already designed that. Well, we we do care about the Feds, but. It just like on a shorter term. Well, absolutely, it definitely plays into into how we design a, a plan. But but it's it's more about making sure our clients understand. And again, I'm going to hit this over and over and over. What's the answer? And I know you have a list of things that. What's the game plan moving forward? For 24 years, I've been saying this. It's three buckets, three buckets, three buckets. I got a I, I got a really good laugh when. 
when, uh, you know, because Kurt, him and his annuities and his insurance. But he put his three buckets up, and that first bucket, <laughs> for the first time ever, <laughs> had annuities in it. Uh, gave me, and that's, uh, gave me a little laugh. But you've got to have that one to three year bucket, maybe one to five years now, of liquidity, security, you know where it's coming, you don't have to worry, and then you have your, your midterm bucket, and the long-term bucket is what we're talking about, that's your play check money. So in the meantime, our clients aren't calling us because they, they know it, it's gonna come back up and, and uh, that's, that's not money they're gonna need anytime soon. The other thing, households have more cash than ever. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like that, but in general, statistically speaking, households still have less debt than, than they ever have in the history of the world. Yeah, people are watching their debt, you know. Yep. You know, yeah. they're tightening up their seatbelt. You don't see a lot of people going out to eat, and you don't, but grocery stores are still, you know, packed, but people are still buying stuff, but just what they need. Yep, yep, exactly right. Look, I just want to bring up one one last thing, and then I, I know you, I'll, I'll let you close this out here, but... Uh, the last time, so let's let's see. The last time, so in in '09, we, we had a drop of 31 percent. The next year, the market was up almost 50 percent. In '08, we had a drop of 30 percent. The next year, the market was up 22 percent. In '02, the market we had a drawdown. We call them drawdowns. There was a drawdown of 28 percent. The next year, the market was up 22. In December 1974, we had a drawdown of 20%. The next year, the market was up 32%. So I can, I mean, I can just go on and on. Down to 1962, there was a drawdown of 23%. The next year, the market was up 26. Is that going to happen? I don't know. I don't know how long it's going to take. My feeling is, you know, we've talked about how long this recession could last. Are we in a recession? I, again, the data would tell me we're 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 not, but it it's it's rolling quickly. So, so with that, with that said, what what is the game plan moving forward? So, how ugly is this market? Well, the S and P five hundred ten days advanced decline time dropped to its weakest reading in thirty two years, but this market marks the nineteen ninety bear market low. So it's not at its worst, but it's like we've been there before and we recover, right? The S and P is down 11.1% over the past 10 days. And this is odd data is as of 927, uh, September 27. Say that one more time. That, that is incredible because it just talks about what I just said. The, when you get this extreme volatility, that means, hey, maybe we're getting... Read that one more time. That's an amazing statistic. The S&P's down how much? 11.1%. Over how many days? 10 days. 10 days. 10 days. We're in a completely new environment. It's rarely happened in the past. I mean, that's a, that's a huge, that's a lot of volatility. Yeah, but that only happens three other times in 20 years, that drop of 11.1%. And that's in February and March of 2020, August of 2011, and March of 2009. And that's all at the market bottom. And just like the 2% of NASDAQ 100 stocks trading above their 50 DMA, only four other times since 2002 have market internals been worse. In all four instances, the market was higher nine and 12 months later. Coming back to what I just said, it's like every it's, single time we have this drop, 
We will rebound. We'll rebound. Yep. History is usually a pretty good sense of, of what's going to happen, but not not always, right? So just, sometimes just as, a little disclosure. Yeah, but sometimes like, you know, you wait for the data to get out. You miss the opportunity because Absolutely. data takes longer to come out. So you can't really, you can rely on data as an indicator, but you can't wait for the data before you act on something. You can look at some leading indicators, but 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 absolutely right. If if you're just sitting around waiting for all the good data to, to start coming in, you you've missed the boat. Exactly. So as I was saying, forty four percent of S and P five hundred stocks are oversold. The last time was during COVID at the COVID bottom on March twenty third, twenty twenty. And this is one of the fifth most hedge S&P futures market in 20 years. The other four events mark market bottoms are 2008, 2011, 2016, and 2020. So what does that mean? Like in summary, the economy is quickly slowing. Inflationary pressures are slowing. Some will stay sticky. Probably food and energy might be still. Yep. Stick around. Most supply chain and inventory issues are quickly improving. Housing will cool down drastically, creating one of two ways market, but will not crash. Again, the housing market will not crash. It will just cool down. Corporate earnings will be lower than current estimate, but not dramatically. A high probability of a recession, smaller probability of deep recession. So we are in a recession, but not as deep, you know, and definitely not in a depression. The feds may not be done hiking interest rates, but it he's, they're getting close because how much more can you hike interest rates? Stocks could be could move lower, but a lot of damages have already been done. So, you know, I don't think it's going to be that much lower. But again, with the midterm elections coming, volatility is high. Usually on the midterm election years, you know, a couple months leading up to it. And we currently we are in that time period where, you know, volatility is high. That's it's adding. It's just adding. It's fuel adding. To the, yeah. To fuel to the to fire. fire. So depending on how it goes on election day will also determine how the market ends the year. True enough. And the feds is willing to lower interest rates and return to QE. So what do we like about this? Most inflation data is softening. Energy, auto, you know, they're slowing down. Earning trends is solid. Second quarter was better than expected. Strong labor market. There we have a full employment. Cash is everywhere. Household balance sheets are very strong. Corporations are flush with cash. Bank balance sheet are rock solid. Valuations are back to long-run average. Supply chain is normalizing, and intense pessimism is contrarian positive. Now, what do we need to worry about, you, you may ask? What do we need to worry about? I may, I ask. Stubborn inflation inputs, food, rent, wages, and then we should worry about how much more will the Fed tighten. Self-fulfilling recessions, how deep, how long? Earnings, how much more softening I like that term self-fulfilling recessions because we've talked about this in the past. It does kind of perpetuate itself mm-hmm. a little bit, a lot. Next thing we should worry about is how fast will housing price drop 
with a six plus percent in mortgages? Will there be a spike in defaults? Will it cause, you know, China is another worry. Their real estate bubble and zero COVID policies. Their, their economy is a disaster right now. Yeah, because they don't have any COVID policies on there. And there hasn't been any panic selling this year. So should we be worried about that? One thing about China, I, I feel like we're in the nice we're we're in the nicest house in a bad neighborhood, the U.S. Like yeah. people are whatever they say, you know, the U.S. this, or the stock market, the economy, da da. We're in the, we're we're in the nicest house in a bad neighborhood because where else are you going to go to put put your money? Yeah, and another thing we have to worry about in our neighborhood is Russia. How crazy can they get? Yeah, how that, much more that crazy? Is a concern for sure. Right. Well, they well, do something desperate. And we call those black swans. Obviously, we're talking about data, but there's there's things like in is a black swan, right? It's something we, you know, obviously we knew it was coming, but it, it affects everything. Um, a new, obviously, if, if Russia decides to throw a nuke, a nuke I mean, that, that's going to change everything. It's going to change the whole game plan. And again, that's fear. It's kind of that fear. You know, we don't want to make decisions around that, but we, we have to be aware of it, obviously. So what's our game plan? Rebalance your portfolio as needed. That's why we have Cody here to help us with your portfolio. And we did that about a year ago. We really started doing it heavily. At the beginning of COVID. Pre-COVID, yeah. Yeah. Avoid complacency. So sell anything you don't believe in. Know what you own. Always. Know what you own. Know what you own. And the quality of the stocks. Know why you own them. Not just stocks, any asset. Any assets, yep. Own high quality assets. Part of knowing what you own. Yep, and why you own them. And why you own it. Yep. Expect volatility. You know, keep your seatbelt fastened, but yep. how tight, how loose depends on the situation. Don't abandon important asset classes based on recent performance. So that kind of falls into like being steady. But, yeah. you know, but you can still be opportunistic. Well, we had a client come in yesterday and he's literally, you know, we, we use, they're called SMAs. We don't use mutual funds. We use us. They're separately managed accounts so that we essentially bring the manager to you and we pick and identify the holdings that you want. Probably one of the top uh, small cap managers in the world you know he's man they're managing this this and and uh, our clients how old is he 48 48 total stud he comes in and you know and and that part of his portfolio small caps being managed by one of the greatest small cap managing companies in the world and he was down like 29 percent. he's like hey can i can i buy some more of that yeah can I, can I sell my stock options and buy some more? It was great. It was you know, great. That, that's, that's exactly yeah, what. Yeah, he's, he's a very opportunistic investor. Mm-hmm. But he's not going into retirement, right? He's right. Got, he's, he's got time. He's got some time. But if you're going into retirement, well, it's, a little, little, it's different. a little different. So that's why, you know, working with a financial advisor and, you know, letting them know of your particular situation so that, you know, we can plan accordingly is critical. And then you also have to consider the alternatives, if plan A doesn't work, what's a plan B, C, and D? And you'll have to sometimes take advantage of the volatility. Utilize tax loss harvesting, buy great assets on sale, etc. Right? 
And just to be clear, everyone throws out this term tax loss harvesting. There's a million ways to do it, but essentially you're just you're selling some assets that are at a loss. You're taking the loss so you can write it off on your taxes. And then you can roll that loss over. You know, there's there's a certain amount you can take and then you can roll it over. Any anyway, there's a lot of opportunity right now for some tax loss harvesting. If you if you're not doing that, get with your CPA, get with your advisor. And, and I'll tell you what, if your CPA and your investment advisor are not communicating, fire them both. Yep. Fire them both because that's, and your estate, and, and let's add in the estate planning attorney. You know, and, and that's why we say we are the financial directors. Our job is to make sure all the information is being disseminated so that there's not a duplication of efforts going on or things being missed that could adversely affect our client we're all in this together yeah and we are in the last quarter of the year so this is the time to get with your cpas to do some tax planning get with your financial advisor for an annual review and future plans you know we sent out those emails to clients saying hey it's time to come in and if you don't come in you're gonna be in trouble yep at least with me anyway. With us. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it for this week. Hope you have a great week and enjoy your week. Don't stress about it because, you know, things will get better. And we're off to breathe some mountain air. We're hiking up to Lake Mary. Hopefully we get there and back. And we're actually hiking with some clients that hired me probably 22 years ago. <laughs> and I literally have seen them you know, they when they first came in, I think they had probably fifteen different brokerage accounts or whatever, and you know, and they were they were they they were saving like crazy, doing great. We organized them to create a plan, and twenty years later, he they they're they're now both retired. He just retired this yeah. this last year, and uh, anyway, they're our family. We're 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 going on a hike to Lake Mary with them. So I mean, it's that's just it's about love, right? It's about it's about taking care of people. That's why we're here. We just we want to we want to help. Yeah, we're here to spread the love. We're here to spread the love. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Till next time. Till next time. The material is provided for general information and educational purposes and is based on information provided to us by sources deemed to be reliable. Past performance is no guarantee of future results and asset values will fluctuate with changing market conditions. All investments are uninsured and can lose value. All expressions of opinions are subject to change without notice in reaction to shifting market conditions. Did it contain herein from third-party providers is obtained from what are considered reliable sources. However, its accuracy, completeness, or re reliability cannot be guaranteed. Examples provided are for illustrative purposes only and not intended to be reflective of results you can expect to achieve. Past performance is not, no guarantee of future results and the opinion presented cannot be viewed as an indicator of future performance. This information does not constitute investment advice and is not offered to buy or sell securities. This information is provided for informational purposes only. Information herein is not warranted to be correct, complete, or accurate. Proactive wealth management is, and its representative do not provide tax or legal advice. Each taxpayer should seek independent advice from a tax professional based on his or her individual circumstances. Cody Lewis is a registered representative of Proactive Wealth Management a registered investment advisor. Proactive Wealth Management is not affiliated with any other name entity. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempt from registration requirements. That's it for this week's episode of Love, Life, Money, and a Cup of Coffee with Cody Kathy. Thank you for listening. Be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a thing. 
This is Cody and Kathy wishing you a love-filled life full of prosperity. Have a good week. Peace out. Peace out.